Blog Talk Radio. Free on the inside ministry. Another weekly broadcast of Free on the Inside Ministry. I'm your host, Minister Joel Lewis, and you're listening to a, a program to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be all you could be. We have our co host on the line this morning. We have a great topic this morning. We ask you to call in, tell somebody about us, uh, just share the, uh, share the good news that there's a program that's out there that's encouraging men and women to be about their father's business, that's encouraging men and women to take position of their own. Uh, uh, health and welfare, but doing it in the power of God, because this is a godly ministry. We talk about God. We know God is front and center every day that we do, and so we're going to bring our co-host in here in a few minutes, but I want to give you that call-in number. That call-in number is 310-982-4126, and the topic that we will be discussing today, is it too early for our local stores and businesses to be open? You know, there's a uh, pandemic virus that's run, running uh, across the country and around the world, and now people want to uh, open up the marketplace. Is it too early? What's going on? You give us the blues, the inner city blues. What's going on? So we're gonna have uh, we're gonna open up the lines here in a few minutes and see what you have to say about those things. And this is serious because we all know someone uh, that have been touched by this dreadful disease and this virus. Myself, I, I know uh, 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 loved ones that I, I've, I've been knowing that got sick, and some recovered and some didn't. So we all know someone has been touched by this. And so we're going to discuss that. And is it too early to open up the marketplace for dinner, for shopping, for social events? Come on, talk to me now. Next voice you'll hear will be my co-host, Brother Daniel. Good morning now, Brother Daniel. Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you, Reverend Daniel, Reverend Lewis. Well, God bless How you. Thank you for call, tuning in, brother. You know, uh, you know, we have a hot topic. We want to thank you for bringing that to our attention here. We we do a lot of things, but thank you. And this is a very uh, uh, this is a very a very thought provoking topic here, man. Is it too early? Is it too early to open up the marketplace? To go and do things that we always had been doing. We want to do those things, but isn't it too early? Come on there, chime in on that. What do you think about that? And the line well, on, um, so please feel free to call in. Well, um, I got some statistics I want to try to uh, talk about today. And um, from my uh, uh, observation, it says that Judge Clay Jenkins, Jenkins, the Dallas County Commission. We're talking about Dallas County now. This is Dallas County, right? Dallas yeah, County. Yeah. Um, okay. You okay. said, said today that the Dallas County sets a record with a 187 new COVID 19 cases in one day. And so you say we set a record Friday. And the same day, as many businesses reopen at reduced capacity. So at the same time he was saying that you could use your judgment 
or your personal choice to try to, you know, open up a business or your business or just you coming outside and taking a chance of being uh, exposed to somebody that's really that has this viruses inside the body. So the health officials uh, said there were 187 new cases, and also there were two deaths. Two deaths. And one of the deaths was a man in his 20s, and the other one was an inmate in his 50s. So that's another problem, too. You know, we got a lot of people that are locked up in you know, the county jail. And, right, know, and we discussed that before on, on a past show. And, yeah. and Brother Daniel, yeah. I want to thank you for bringing that information to our attention. We're not trying to tell anyone what to do, but just use a sound judgment and, and uh, uh, use the advice that comes from our physician and our health care people and to take matters into your own hand concerning your your health. We realize that, you know, we have to have a life that's normal. We need to go out and do these things. But there's always a time. There's always uh, 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 a way of doing certain things. So, uh, do you have any more numbers to share with us? Well, also, he said it. Uh, the health official said that they were hospitalized and, and reported were where they work. Nearly 80% are so called essential workers, like health care, transportation, food, and agricultural and first responders. So that means there's a lot of people that basically, you know, put their health at risk trying to help each other and take care of the people as we go through this pandemic, you know. And um, also the judge also said he urged the people not to go out because they can. But at the same time, restaurants and other businesses believe they can reopen the doors in a safe way. Now, I was saying, we want to say, what is a safe way, Reverend Lewis? What, what do you say what's safe for a person to be out around somebody? I, you know what? We still need to keep this this uh, social distance going on. We still need to put a hand sanitizer and, and the, uh, and the uh, mask around our face. That We still need those things there. But also, you have to be mindful of the people that you're interacting with. Are those people doing the same thing that you're doing? That's what I call safe. You know, if I go out and someone is not protecting themselves, I feel unsafe. And so we want other people to protect themselves. And I'm uncomfortable with going places that people are serving me and they're covered up too. Because I realize that these things are, are, are needed and necessary. But everyone don't follow the same rules. And so I'm kind of leery about that in my own personal, you, uh, you know, psychic. And so I want this to be over with, and I want it to be uh, taken care of in a reasonable fashion. And, and I want the health system to be involved in it. I don't want people to just take me out to their own hand. So what you're saying that you you believe that there should be some kind of personal personal judgment in order to know that you have to protect yourself first and then protect others. You know, but, uh, 
I was looking at the other day. They said it was this young lady. She was 17 years old, and she lived in Lancaster. And uh, uh, she said she uh, went to the hospital, and she was sitting at the in the room in the waiting room. They didn't wait on her enough before she died. So at the next two days, they came up and they said more their family members came up positive. So what we're saying that we basically don't really understand this disease in all its ways. We don't really understand the transmission part. We know how long really is about 14 days, right? You say 14 days before symptoms come up. So you saying that you're doing the social distances, you got around people, you're keeping your hands washed, you're not touching people, you're not touching your hands and your face. And really, and really I believe that's the main, that's one of the main things, uh, Reverend Lewis, is the touching of your hands and your face and your eyes and your nose and your mouth. So uh, whatever was on these surfaces that people basically touch, you can't see. And you go out in these places, you go out in these eating places, and people are touching things, and they're touching the, the, the countertops and the door handles, and and you know, and you, you you really know, you know, because you're fighting the enemy. We can't see, we can't see, you know, and so you have to use these things that these people are sanitizing, you know, the the dishes, the 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 utensils, you know, so eating eating utensils, you know what I'm saying? You going out and eating in restaurants, you know, you eating knives and forks, somebody sticking out in their mouth, and you know, you know, man. Well, you well, know. well, well, uh, 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 brother, on the eating utensils, I have seen a news report, and I have to go and verify by going to these places that they're using disposable items for the dishware that's disposable. Uh, for the drinking cups that's disposable, even the nap, even the uh, menus. I I would look at the news the other day. And one uh, one restaurant said, "Well, our menus is online, so you choose what you want online." And the buffets that they don't allow people to go to the buffet tables anymore. People will actually bring out what you want to eat at the buffet. It's a uh, it's yeah. a it's a it's it's a, a something that's out of our norm now. You know, this uh, so, um, what we have saying to that we basically have to get to a new way of living, a new way of going out eating, and really a new way of just social reacting with each other. It's just a new world living. And basically, we're going to have to get used to it because if they do not find a treatment or a vaccine in the next six months, um, I believe that the numbers are going to go up, you know, and as what we seen yesterday, the numbers keep climbing higher and higher every day. Yes, they do. And I'm looking at some statistics here. They say in the state of Texas, they have found 29,000 uh, 29, cases with 841 have died because of the dreadful disease. And let's look at the surrounding state. Oklahoma's got 
3,700 cases with 230 people that died. And New Mexico, now this is just the states around Texas. New Mexico has got 3,500 cases with 131 died. You know, uh, that number seems awful low out of 3,000 people, but you have to realize that these are people that have been confirmed there, not the ones that's in their ICU or the ones that's in the hospital or whatever it may be. So we have to use wisdom when we go out to these places and, and we interact with people and things. Now, if you're okay with it, you're okay with it. But I want you to realize that you're not in this by yourself, that you have to think about your loved ones, your family, your friends. You know, uh, you know how's, it, how's your uh, social activity going to affect someone else that's close to you? You know, uh, you say, well, I feel good and I can go places and I'm thinking everything okay. But yet when you go home and change clothes and just relax around the house and you at the home, uh, uh, and uh, people in your house that may not have been out, their immune system may not have been uh, developed uh, uh, in full gear, as I, I like to say, you know. And so you have to be very mindful of that. But it's a personal thing, though, Ricky. But if we follow the directions of our personal doctors, that when we get high blood pressure, the doctor said, take this medicine or uh, or cease from eating certain type of food, and we believe in them, how much so should we trust our uh, uh, medical physician that's in the CDC that's giving us advice to help save our life and the lives of our young ones? Amen. Amen. Well, uh, uh, all I know is uh, I'm going to uh, take uh, I'm going to take my precaution. I'm not going around too many people. I'm going to keep my social distance away from people, and I'm wearing gloves and I'm using sanitizer. Uh, I got a face mask on my face. Everywhere I go out, I put my face mask on. And I even catch myself sometimes I'm driving my car around in town. I got my face mask on. I have to catch myself sometimes. And and I think that's another thing, too. I, I was reading somewhere that said you basically have to take care of that face mask. You almost have to, once you wear it, you have to go home and wash it every day. So I'm saying, man, you have to have two or three of them. You know? Yeah, of course you need to take care of it. That's part of hygiene. That's part of yeah. That's part yeah. of the hygiene uh, care. And and that's something that I'm glad you brought that up. So some people might think, hey, I don't may not need to wash it as regular. As often as you wash your hands and and change clothes, you need to take care of a cloth face mask. Now if you have a disposable one, now some of them you can wash again. I had a, a medical, uh, was, I had someone that worked in the medical industry that was a a caretaker. They said, oh, yes, you can wash them out. I don't know how many times you can until you, I guess you feel comfortable until they, they feel like that they weren't out on you. But I have had a, 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 a one medical mask, and I washed it a couple of times, and the little strands started coming loose where it was tickling my face. I said, well, I guess it's time to get rid of it. And maybe that's yeah, one of the signs that when you start feeling the strands are kind of unwhite, uh, you know, uh, are kind of uh, being coming loose. And that you can get rid of it then, but we definitely need. But you know what? Even people are making cloths, uh, even uh, face uh, masks out of uh, you know just uh, regular uh, 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 towels and t-shirts and and uh, bandanas. And so, whatever you choose to wear, take care of it and wear it as often as possible until this calamity pass. I'm no physician, but you'd have heard the news just like I have. 
You know, so it's up to you to make that decision, that choice. As I'm looking at some numbers here, man, I'm looking at Indiana, man. Indiana got 18,000 uh, cases confirmed with over 1,100 that's dead. Man. So the death toll, you know, the death toll now is up to uh, it's over 62,000 people that have died. And, you know, uh, and I was sharing with some friends the other day, Ricky, that we all have known someone that had been touched by this dreadful disease. And this is something that you know that, that that's un, uh, that's uncommon for us. Because when things happen, it's always somewhere else. They have a tornado and a flood, a major disaster. It's in somewhere else. When the disaster at the World Trade Center was in California, the bombing in Oklahoma, which was 25 years ago, was in Oklahoma. The government center was being bombed, and when the wildfires in California, you know, we hear about it, but we. You know, very seldom know anybody that's affected. We might have a relative or one or two uh, relatives that stay in these various places. But now, we all have been personally touched by this here uh, pandemic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Haven't you been personally, uh, uh, have you been personally affected and touched by this here? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of my family members, uh, I had one over in Fort Worth. He, uh, he and his uh, wife was infected. He didn't make it, but his wife did. And they was real up in age. They were around about you know, 60, 65 years old, 68 years old. And, uh, you know, he worked at a, at a, at a airplane factory over there in, in uh, Austin. And so, you know, uh, it kind of hurt me a little bit because that's kind of, you know, it's kind of hit the home, you know, when it's a family member that you know that's kind of getting, you know, didn't make it. You know, and it's another thing, you know, like uh, when you look at it and you look at uh, mostly uh, the people that that mostly real settle up in age and uh they're real established in life, and they got a lot of stuff going on for them, and they did a lot of stuff for the for 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 the uh, the for the world, you know, the country and the city of Dallas, everything, you know, people that are real predominantly uh, citizens. Uh, for them to fall, you know fall for a disease and get sick and basically can't make it. It's just terrible, man, you know. Uh, I'm yeah, not saying that spare, but I, I look at it like this, uh uh there's a history in uh in elderly people. We know we almost are like the the uh backbone of uh our uh, society, you know, because we, uh, what's going on now, we're mostly carrying on all the basic of morals, morality, uh, social standings. I'm not saying young people don't have that in them, but if you look at it, I look like there seems to be a, 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 a erosion of certain standards and morality that's, that basically young people really don't uh, try to attach themselves in order to pass on to another generation. 
I'll put it like that. They're not taking things serious. Yeah. You know, yeah. life's serious. And, 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 Brother Daniel, we can attest to that. Remember when we was young, how we kind of, like, lived life as, as we as it was presented to us. And, and even though the young people have so much technology available, they have the Internet at their at they very fingertip, man. It was sometimes that we would have to go somewhere and, 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 and uh, pay some money. Like, I'm talking about go to the library, you know, and just spend some time and have to – or put in a request to use the internet or something like that. Now it's at their very fingertips, so they don't take things very seriously. But hopefully, through uh, being more in, informed by the surrounding uh, people, having mentors in their life that's not giving up on them, and people that encourage them, uh, that they that they'll change that way. Because some of the young people are going to be doctors, they're going to be lawyers, they're going to be social workers. And so we need to be mindful that even though they live in a life of Riley, so to speak, that they can be productive in society today, and they will be productive. But we understand, but we're talking about here and now, you know, and if they don't take care of themselves, they won't make it till tomorrow. I know what you're saying, you know, because I do juvenile ministry, man. A lot of our young people almost gave up, man. Some of them say, hey, I'm going to always do this because, my uncles done done it, my cousins done done it, my dad done done it. So it's almost a a rite of passage for me to do it. If they don't think that I would, uh, you know, would go to jail, I'm not really living up to the family creed. And I said, my God, what kind of creed is this you want to live up to? A creed of destruction and disaster, a creed of chaos, a creed of, of disappointment and hurt. That's a terrible thing to live up for, to live to. You know, uh, to strive for, and some people are in the council. That's what's being expected from them, you know. Because and, and a lot of times people are at their homes, and and the ones that raised them say, "Well, you're never gonna be any good because you, your daddy wasn't no good, or your mama wasn't no good." You don't mind if I, you don't mind if I uh, kind of make a, a little statement between somebody that I'm kind of, I kind of knew in life, or. Uh, Oh, uh, you know, you might have known. You uh, you went to Lincoln, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. You went to Lincoln High School? Yeah, I went to Lincoln High School and Madison. Uh-huh. You, I'm, I'm kind of hitting you a little bit, you know. You know, back in the day, man, we were going, we were, uh, going to Madison High School, and then we were, uh, you know, they, we uh, we went to Pearl C. Allison, at the same time, but once later on, a lot of our people, our, our classmates split up. So a lot of them went to Lincoln. A lot of them went to Madison. So I was kind of exposed to a lot of athletes and, and band members and stuff like that. We all knew each other. Uh, there was one guy, uh, you know, one guy named Pouncey. His name was Gene Pouncey. He was one of the Pouncey twins. It was Gene and Joe Pouncey, and they was track stars. You know what I'm saying? And they were some fast men. You know, you know, back in the day, you know, we uh, we had this football uh, coach that was at uh, Pearl Seance. His name was uh, Coach Thomas, Robert Thomas. You might have known him. You know, he was a good. He was a bad coach, man, and he kind of uh, installed. In his players' uh, discipline, 
But at the same time, he had access to all some of the best athletes in the city of Dallas. So at the same time, a lot of them left Pearl C. Johnson and went to Lincoln. And so some of these guys, well, you might have known them, you know, like uh, Rufus Shaw and the Pouncey Twins and Dwayne Thomas. You know you know Dwayne Thomas, don't you? Yeah, they were class athletes, all Americans, all times, hundred yard dash fronts of America. They was quick, but at the same time, these guys went to SMU. Both the twins, they were twins, and they got a scholarship. They went to SMU along with Rufus Shaw. All of them went to school, but he was a he was a smart man. He was a, a college professor and everything, you know. And he kind of died. But I'm kind of going back to what I'm saying that, uh, you know, like a lot of our elderly people, they're scholars. You know what I'm saying? And and, and, and they're great leaders in the world. And for people to get sick and to get and to die because of a disease that basically Somebody seen they can't find a cure for all of a sudden. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's and it's and it's and it's and it's and it's, it's, it's kind of like a knife. It's cutting in between a lot of things that's going on. And and, and I hope in the next two or three weeks we don't have too many more uh, great people leave here. You know what I'm saying? Right, I understand, though, brother. Like I said, everybody has been affected by this here. And you know what? You make a valid point there because I feel like every person that's uh, been affected that we know and, and just heard of it have been struck down in the prime of their life. Even the one that have lived a very long and productive life, like our senior citizen that's in the uh, in the nursing home that's uh, that's been uh, under the t- the, uh, the care of a of health provider. They always contributed to a society, and these things they uh, they happen because of uh, because they do. You know, we always born, and then we all die, and it's, and it's always a tragedy when these things happen. And there's no really a proper answer for that. We let's, we have to know that God is in charge of these things here, and so we don't have no yeah. reason to fear because God is in charge. But God wants to be wise. He wants us to be. Uh, aware of our surroundings and to take matters to our own hand, you know. Uh, uh, as I as I think about scriptures and I think about life in in general, I think about uh, Psalms ninety one that talks about resting in the shadow of the Almighty God, and then you'll find protection. Then it said, "A thousand might fall at my left side and ten thousand at my right, but none should come near me." You know, and this here time of pandemic we hear people are dying left and right but we thank God for having us hedged in we don't know how long it'll be just for today I want to thank him for today but I don't know what tomorrow holds but I just want to thank him for today how he watched over me and my family and my friends and how he puts a, keeps a roof over our head. Brother Dan, let's face it some people in the midst of this going on they're still homelessness man that's running rampantly there's still people in need yep. of food. You know, now it's more people in, in need of assistance than ever before. We got over 25 million people that are out of a job. And we all know somebody that lost their job. This is something that has affected everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. have family members and friends that have lost their job. 
whether it's temporary or permanent, uh, they lost their job. I'm saying temporary because they may be called back on a, you know, uh, on a short notice. Hey, your job is over, but it may be a permanent because some job may say, hey, now we need to downside. We can work more effectively just with what we have. So let's downside. You don't need to come into the office no more because you can work out of your house and you're being productive. We just we just gonna uh, uh, tap off your resources, the internet, and use your water, your lights, so we don't have to go into the office anymore. Uh, you know, yeah. and so downsizing where we don't need as many people working restaurants anymore. You know, those kind of things. That some people are not gonna be able to go back to work to the job that they're accustomed to. Mm-hmm. So we got to be able to pray for those people and put things in place. Uh, I do ministry, and you helped me as, uh, doing it too, but I hadn't been doing any ministry because I, I learned through practical experience when we have calamities and mishap, everybody comes out. Everybody does what they need to do until it's, uh, until it's passing, which is good. But sometimes you need to partner with other people that are doing a greater thing. You don't need to be out there trying to do something on your own when you can help other agencies that can make a bigger imprint than you can. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with me donating money to the North Dallas Food uh, Bank or assisting them at the food bank. There's nothing wrong with me helping other other organizations that does this in a larger scale. It's not decreasing or minimizing my usefulness. I don't have to start anything. I just be a part of something greater than myself. But yet, when all this is over with, the need is still going to be there. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we have to be able. What we should do, though, and this is a time, as I said, uh, uh, from time to time, we'll say it again. While we're sheltered in place, we ought to be in the presence of the Lord. God, what would you have me to do with this free time? Let me reconnect with my family. Let me study uh, the Bible more. Let me uh, let me develop a, a a prayer life, dear Lord. Let me be able to reach out to someone. Do a phone or text messages to, to see how they're doing and to comfort someone else. Sometimes a voice is a comfort, man. I could text you, you know, email you, but when you talk to someone, that's a personal touchdown. You can hear a person's voice if they really care. I can tell you I love you and care for you in a text message, but when you hear that in my voice, it, it, it does something for the spirit. It, 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 it lifts a burden out for you. And, and, and that's why... It's so important for during normal times when people are sick for you to get visited, visitors at the hospital. You know, the, the health care provider and the doctors encourage it. You know, hey, yeah, go out and see them. It'll lift their spirit up. It'll help their recovery. But now since this pandemic, we can't go to the hospital to visit loved ones anymore. But that doesn't mean that you can't visit them using social media. Facebook, yeah. But a lot of times people are not up for it, or that you don't, they don't want you to see them in that condition. And we understand those things, but at least you let them know that you care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, but the phone lines is that's another thing. But uh, I believe that uh, I was reading about one of these um, a minister. He said he was sick, and he said basically it's one of the main problems of this condition and the disease is because it has a tendency to isolate a person away from his loved ones. It isolates you away from your loved ones because they cannot come around you and see you 
um, basically everybody seems like they're afraid to be around you. And so what, what I'm saying is most of you, when you're off in these hospital rooms, you are added between you, nobody but you, nobody but you and God. Yes. That's all you're supposed to have with yourself. You might have a nurse out there with you, but most of the time, some of these people in the healthcare uh, uh, positions, they are, uh, they are, uh, you know, they kind of, they don't really push the the subject of uh, knowing that God knows all, God sees all, and God can cure all. You know what I'm saying? There's a, still a God That's out there. And and then a lot of times in that in that position, I'm talking about healthcare providers and doctors and you know, and the staff. They're so overwhelmed at this here time. You you know, yeah, so where you're used to only having so a much, fraction of, of, so of people there now, but now you got a whole stuff. So you, you can't spend a lot of time. And people come in every day, and mostly uh, you get kind of shell shock. You know what I'm saying? You get tired. They get tired. They get tired. And and and, and fatigue because it seems like you cannot do anything for nobody right now, you know. But there's an almighty God out there that sees all and knows all that can do all, you know. But at the same time, I keep seeing everybody saying that there seem to be a lot of death, but also there's some recovery out there, Reverend Lewis. You know what I'm saying? We all talking about all these uh, statistics about people dying, but don't you know there's a lot of people that are recovering from this disease, too? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And thank God for that. Yeah. And that's why I said we have yeah. to take matters to our own hands. And, you know, just like uh, uh, anything else, uh, everything is unpredictable for right now. I'm saying anything else, because we never know how things fall and, uh, and what happen on these things. And we know that this is a dreadful disease, but there have been some recovery. I'm glad you brought that up because, the, you know, it reminded me of this, said this is not the death of you, you know, uh, just scriptorial-wise, yeah. that we have to be very mindful about these things, but we have to use care. And plus, you know, you have to know your own limitations, Brother Daniel. Can I go and do these things? Is it right for me and my family to do these things? How am I feeling about these things? Am I using protection as I go out and do these things? Going back to that again, because it's very important. And that's what we're talking about today. Is it safe to go to the marketplace? You know, the lines are open right now. The calling number is 310-982-4126. Call in and voice your opinion regarding this play. I know it's a topic that some people might not uh, uh, think about it. You know, they just say, okay, I'm going to get up and go do what i always done. But these are not times where you can always do what you always done. You have to take care in these things. And it's something that we never faced before, Brother Daniel. We don't face epidemics and, and, you know, viruses before when you get the flu or something like that. That's as much as we're accustomed to. You know, it's flu season. Stay away from me. Uh, I'm going to take off a couple of days because I got the flu. But it always was a swift recovery. Every now and then we'll knew someone know someone that may have uh, been overcome by the flu. But most of the time, it's just something that'll knock you off your feet for a day or two and you recover and, and go on back to business. Mm-hmm. You know, not, you know, it takes a while for your body to come up to speed. But this is something yeah. that's really wrecking havoc on everyone. I'm not scared, but I, but I, I work, uh, I'm one of those essential workers, so we have to go out. 
and our job informs us about what's going on. They they encourage us to use all the protective gear that's available. They encourage us to take care of ourselves even when we get off work. And so this is always on my mind. There's nothing I could do. If it happens, it happens, but it ain't because I'm ignoring it. Uh, I'm doing the best I can. And we pray that God will do here does the rest. And I want other people to realize that too. We have to live a normal life. You got to go to work. You got to interact with family and friends and loved ones. But you also got to use common sense and just you know do it up to your comfortability. If you're comfortable with it, go right ahead. But if I'm uncomfortable, please do something for me. Allow me to be comfortable in the midst of you being comfortable. You know, the scripture says, if it offend your brother, don't do it. If it offend your sister, don't do it. And if you're somewhere and everybody else is doing something, go ahead and do it. Even if you don't think it, you need to. If you go to a place and everybody covered up, you go ahead and cover up just to make them feel comfortable. You don't have to walk around saying, you know, you know, I'm not going to cover up because I don't feel it. If they're covering up, go ahead and cover up. Even though you may not feel like you need it, but do it just for the sake of I give you a good example. You know, a couple of days ago, I was looking at our vice president, how he went out and he went out to um, this Mayo Clinic up there, and he went out about all these health care uh, workers, and he didn't have a mask on. And so the press kind of asked them a lot of questions like they do uh, the president. They asked him the same questions. Why are you? And he said, well, well, I'm getting tested every day. I'm getting tested at this, and I was just figuring, uh, maybe I'm not all then. And then a couple more days, he went to another health care center, and he had a mask on. So, so what does that say? What do you think about that? Huh? What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, he had on one one time, then he went somewhere else and he had on one. He didn't have on one day, he went somewhere else and had on one. What do you think? I said, what do you think about it? What's your opinion on that? Well, I think really they tell me that basically the man. Uh, I'm talking about towards him. But he had on one, one time, then he he didn't have on one, then he went in. What do you think that 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 me? When you see that image of him without one, then with one, what is that telling you? That's telling me that there's uh, they're insubordinate. Either he's he's a router, he's trying to be radical, or he's trying to make a statement, or he just didn't give a care. You know what I'm saying? Either one of the three. Okay, then what about when he had on the mask then? Well, somebody got him, and and sometimes some of those press uh, secretaries, sometimes the people over the of the the media in the president's office get them and talk to them and tell them they're gonna have to make a change because people are looking at them. You got one guy up there, the man, he up there acting crazy, and and and, and they saying that Trump's supposed to be the one that has the sense, the sense. But when you go somewhere and you're showing that you basically you being a radical or you just being insubordinate and you just basically you're not trying to lead the people. You being uh, being uh, being in those offices up front, you're supposed to be a leader. You're supposed to lead the people. You're supposed to lead by example. And so if we see our leaders not acting right, what do you think everybody else going to do? 
And that is so true. That and you know, brother Daniel, as we were talking about that, I want to tell you my opinion on that. That he went out there not knowing or not really concerned about anybody else. And someone took him and said, Wait a minute, bro, wait a minute, uh, Vice President, you can't go out there being exposed to other people that that may have something and even though you've been tested, it's still not right, uh it's still not feasible for you to go out there because this virus doesn't have an ex- expiration date. It doesn't have a time limit. Because you've been tested today don't mean you're not being affected tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's something that we have to be mindful of. Even though we go somewhere and we're feeling good today. That's what it tells me. They're not understanding everything what Dr. Fauci is telling them. You know, about just because you are tested one day, you still getting around other people another day, you know. So that that testing is not good for forever. The main thing is basically exposure. Do not expose yourself. Uh, try to cut down exposure as much as you can. So basically, hey, what we're going back around people in shows, being around a lot of people in in a Movie theaters, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I was seeing some people that talking about going to the park, open the parks and stuff back up. Man, that's that's you know that just and you know how the young people are. They don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want to adhere to uh, instruction. You know, they are. I, I was looking the other day. I was looking at a lot of them at a party, man. They was at this party, man, and all of them were just all of them in this room. All around each other, you know, and they were just they were having fun for now, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They were having yeah, fun so, for now, brother. Dang, we got a call on the line here. We're gonna bring them in right quick, okay? Okay, good morning. You're on the net, caller for uh 3747, 3447. Caller, welcome. Okay, then I guess they just want to listen in. Thank you for calling in. We pray that you're enjoying the program. Again, that calling number is 310-982-4126. You two can lend your voice. We have a, a few people on the line here, and a lot of them say they just want to listen in. I guess no one have an opinion at this time. So, Brother Daniel, the floor is still open to you. And, I, and what you were saying, though, that people, uh, they have to be aware of their surroundings. They have to be aware of who's watching them. Just like if you, uh, as you're raising a child or a loved one, you want to show them the best example of doing things here. And that's something that our government have lost sight of. You know, even though he's in charge, he can do what he want to do because he's the president. But you've got to be mindful of the people that's watching you. Just like you and I, we can do a lot of things, but something we refuse to do or won't do because people are watching us. And as you think about what's going on in society today, we are being Christians. We have to hold firm to what uh, to uh, what uh, our Lord and Savior says, that he will never leave us, not forsake us. We got to hold firm to he said, I will never put no more on you than you can bear. This pandemic is going to pass. Some laws, lives are going to be lost, but some souls are going to be saved. And this here perhaps will draw people closer to God. To let them know that only God can do it. Yes, we got scientists that's working over so many projects and so many patents trying to 
work things out. But until God works this thing out, while we're trying to figure it out, and nothing is going to work. You, do you Amen. know what I mean? Amen. So we have to be Amen. mindful that we're in the master's hand. We have to be mindful that God loves each and every one of us. And we yet, that's something that we have to go through. But while we're going through it, we got to stand firm, man. We should grow during this time, though, Brother Daniel. We should grow through our suffering. You know, and that growth comes in different uh, different spurts. It comes in different uh, arenas. Sometimes we we have to learn to be patient. You know what I'm saying? We got to learn yeah. to not be overwhelmed by every uh, uh, piece of information that we get. You know, we ought to grow in this situation. And some of us are doing some things that we've never done before. Some of us are using the Internet more than we ever done before. It gives us opportunity to sit down and write a book, sit down and compose a song, sit down and, and, and just share your daily uh, activities with your family. We got to grow in the midst of all this that's going on. Because one day these numbers are going to go down. And, so, and we're going to go back to our normal routine. And then we're going to look back and say, man, I, I enjoyed my little time at home. Uh, you know, I wasn't able to do what I always done, uh, but I kept food uh, on the table. I didn't, but God did. And, you know, it kept me in reasonable health. You know, and I want to thank God for watching over me and my family. Yes, we, we went through some things. We lost some loved ones along the way. But God is still able. And willing. You know, last week I was sharing with some people on the Internet about God. Uh, God still cares for his people. And one of uh, uh, one of the lines was that God, he sees us, he hears for us, and he cares for us. And that's out of uh, Psalms 34. God hears us, he sees us, and he cares for us. Aren't you glad you have a God that cares, man? In the midst yeah. of everything that's going on, he, he cares for us. Mm. In the midst of everything that's going on, God still hears our cries. And he sees everything, Reverend Lewis. You might not think he sees everything. Some people ask me, man, uh, I used to see a lot of people, man, there's a lot of folks that, you know, a lot of, you know, I don't know what to call them. A lot of people call them atheists or whatever, whatever. They don't say they don't believe in God. And somebody asked me, man, why would God, man, uh, let young people die and old folks die and have, man? But see, you know, our God sees everything. He's a giver of life. And he's also, he, you know, I would say that uh, your hand, your life is in his hand. You know, you cannot give life, and you cannot take life, you know. So uh, there seems to be a lot of young people, and I don't know why I keep on going back to this, you know, this that subject of this young people, uh, Reverend Lewis. You know, I used to think sometimes, man, maybe I'm getting to be old. You know, a lot of them care for me. Hey, what's up, old school? What's up, old school? What's up, um? Ah, well, you know, I'm old school, but as I see you sometimes, and maybe a lot of youngsters are not going to get old enough to be young school. Youth 
is for a season, and, and age is for a season. You know what I'm saying? It takes a lot to go through and all to get to be an older person, Reverend Lewis. You know, can you sit back and, and remember all the times, you know, you have been through? Have you just sit back and, and, and looked at over the years? It's just, man, it's been a long time. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, and I remember when I graduated, and I remember when I first got married, and I had a family, and I did this, and I had so many jobs. I could, you know, I counted back all the different jobs I had, Reverend Lewis, and all the different cars I had. I said, God, man, I had God. You don't really bless me, man. I ought to have a lot of things in life. You know what I'm saying? And you know, we sit back and how much blessing well, God you done for me. That gives you a reason to be thankful. That gives you a reason to be thankful. In spite of everything going on, you know, he cared about you and all those that uh, uh, that he called. Even when you didn't think very much of him or as often as him, I'm going to put it that way, not much of but didn't think often of God. He thought about us each and every day. That's awesome there, brother. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's speaking volumes. You know? Because let's man. face it, we know people in our own sphere that we don't give a hell of beans about, man. Because they may have crossed us once or twice in life. But God huh. is faithful, man. God is man. faithful. He never turned his back on us, man. We may have walked away from him, and we did walk away from him. But he still was standing out there saying, come back. Come back to me. I love you. I love you. And in the midst of what's going on, God still said he loves us, man. He loves us. That's awesome, there, brother. You know, you know, and that is something to make you just smile. When the world tell you no, God say yes. When the world tell you no way, God say yes. Come on, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We serve a powerful God, man. And in the midst of everything that's going on, man, He's still sitting on the throne. And brother, I want you to think about that. Doing your own time, you reflecting about how good you, how good God been. Let's go back to that being shed in. You know, being uh, uh, uh they said that stand at home. I like to say shelter in, but in the front of the God, but it give you an opportunity to stop, relax, and remember. You just said that while ago. Yeah. I can tell you, I can tell you a whole lot of things. I remember, y'all remember I face you probably too, uh, Reverend. You remember when we was in high school and. They had this war over here in Vietnam. We all thought we were going to get sent to Vietnam. You remember that? Yeah. I remember. Brother Daniel, I tell you what, we got a call on the line here. We're going to bring them in, then we'll pick that up, okay? Where you're where you okay. saying. So, we're gonna... welcome to the program. Good you on the net. Good morning. Speak up, caller. Good morning, Minister Lewis and Brother uh, Daniels. How are y'all this morning? I'm doing all right. Thank How you, you doing? for calling in. Thank you for tuning in. I pray that you enjoy portion of this program that you have been able to listen to. Yes, I am. And I uh, just tuned in, and I don't know what all has been stated, but I would just like to make a comment and echo on something that you all are talking about, about the time. It is a time for us to come closer to God. He has given us the opportunity to sit down and to rest and to think about him. He has given us the time to say, uh, uh, what am I doing with my life? What, uh, what is going on with, with me and, and my relationship with God? 
this is the very time that we should develop a closer relationship with God because God is a jealous God. We we put off everything to do other things, going to baseball games, football games, concerts, uh, taking uh, prayer after school, taking life for granted. Now is the time for us to get in relationship with God. We need to pray more. We need to study our Bibles more. We need to be conscious that God has all of this in his hands. And if we just, if we should turn from our wicked ways and repent to him, he'll heal the land. He'll give us a survival. He'll love us. He loves us all the time. But we've turned away from him. He hasn't turned away from us. God is asking for his, us to give him some more attention, some more time with him. He, he loves you. He loves you so, so very much that all, all he wants is just a little of your time to stand still and know that he is God. That's mm. all he wants. And if we do that... And if we love him like we say we love him, and if we do some of the things, that, some of the things, just a little bit of the things Amen. that he asks us to do, he'll, he'll turn this around. You know, we got to yeah. have faith, and we got to trust in him. You know, we think we've been getting on, doing stuff on our own, but we're not doing it on our own. It's him. He's trying to get us to open our eyes trying to get us to have more faith in him and trust him more. And that's my little pet peeve this morning because I'm thanking God for everything that he's done for me. Like Ricky say, I'm thanking God. If I look back on the things that he's brought me out of, if I look back on the things that I've been through, I got a reason to shout hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I got a reason. You know, I've I've lost loved ones during this season, and it's not good. It doesn't feel good, but he's trying to quicken me, awaken me, for me to see who's in charge and who we should be thankful and prayerful to. So thank you for letting me express myself this morning. That's all I have to say. God bless each of you. Hallelujah to his name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you very much for sharing that there with and as you were talking, we want to thank you for tuning in and we pray that you enjoy what you said. We we know you did, we can hear it in your voice. But as Brother Daniel was sharing or as you were sharing, I was thinking about in the book of Joshua, how Joshua had taken reins of the nation of Israel and Moses had died, but God had visited him and said, I'll be with you as same out with Moses. Yesterday is gone. We can't do what we done yesterday. But God said, I'll be with you today. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. Just stay on the course and the path that I chose for you. Oh, this is a race. And this race is not given to the swift, but to the one that's endured. I encourage each and every one of you and myself, we're not to turn to the left. We're not to turn to the right. We're to stay on the path that God chose for us. And we know, we know that that path is going to be some ups and going to be some downs. But he would never leave us or forsake us, though we walk in the valley of shadow of death. We should fear no evil. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our in, in the coronavirus. Everyone will, uh, can come to the table because we serve a just and a mighty God. I encourage you today 
to continue to hold on to the hands of the master. Never let go of God, and God will never let go of you. Brother Daniel, we're getting ready to get on out of here. we got a few minutes, brother, before we get uh, log off this program. Would you like to share a few words before we get out of here? And I want to thank you, Brother Daniel. I want to thank you because the show couldn't have been what it is today because of your comments and the, and the topic. Our topic was we discussed today is the government opening up too soon. Thank you, Brother Daniel, for uh, uh, bringing that to our attention. Amen, amen. Well, uh, today I just want to say, tell everybody, if you go out today, protect yourself. Protect yourself first with God. Ask God to put his hedge of protection around your life, around your body. And in the same for Psalms 24, he said he will put an angel around you and he will protect you. He will put a hedge of protection around you so there's going to be no harm happen to you. Even though that harm is out there, it won't affect you because you had already asked God to bless you. And so in the spiritual, you would done this. But in the physical, you have to use gloves and hand sanitizer and a mask. Be smart. Use wisdom. Hey, man, that is so true. That is so true. Thank you, though, Brother Daniel, for giving those comments. You know, we could go on and on and on, but we want to be obedient to to uh, uh to the our program pro, uh our program and the program director to give us a lot of time to be on here. But we want to play a little portion of uh Gil Scott that's saying that we almost lost Detroit and then we almost lost our mind because of the money. It overtook our principles. It overtook the thing that we should do. Money, money, money. Yes we need money but money is running and driving us so we have to be mindful. We almost lost something. But our hope is not lost because God is still present. Let's listen to a little Gil Scott, and we'll be back with you shortly.
as we were listening to a portion of Gil Scott song that said we almost lost Detroit and one of the lyrics is said that money wins out every time. We want to be mindful on this day that the Lord has made. Let us be wise. Let us be mindful that God is in charge. Let us not our own self overrule the things and the principles of God. I want to thank you, Brother Daniel. Thank you, Alessandra, for calling in. Thank you for the rest of the callers that's on the line. We pray that you enjoy the program. You, too, can go back and listen to this and encourage yourself as we get ready to get on out of here. As we get ready to get on out of here, we want to be very mindful that as we go out, we want to be mindful of of those that surround us, be mindful that, that God had given us a day for us to honor him and bless him in every way that we can. And so please, 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 whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Grace and heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for this day, dear Lord, that's what we promised to us. Dear Lord, as we reflect on how good you've been to us, let us be mindful, dear Lord, that the best is yet to come. Dear Lord, as we've been called to stay at home in certain parts of the country, dear Lord, let us stay in your presence, dear Lord. Let us stay on the path that you chose for us. As you told Joshua, dear Lord, in the book of Judges, a bush of Joshua, don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right, dear Lord. How you in the book of Judges, dear Lord, how we want to do what was on was right in our own eyesight, Lord, but you didn't give up on us. You sent us an adversary, dear Lord. You sent us uh, someone to challenge us, dear Lord, but you also sent us a, some help, dear Lord, in the form of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us be mindful, dear Lord, that, that our Lord and Savior is always available. Let us be mindful. We can just reach out and touch him and call on him, dear Lord, in such a time as this. Dear Lord, we pray for families that's been affected by this coronavirus. We pray, dear Lord, for those that are suffering in it right now, dear Lord, you get them comfort and assurance that things are going to be all right. And those that are going home, dear Lord, we pray for comfort from their family. We pray, dear Lord, that they that, that they can find uh, comfort in you, knowing that you don't make no mistakes. Dear Lord, we ask you to keep us, keep us until we meet again on this Internet radio program. Watch over Brother Daniel. Watch over our callers. And watch over our listeners. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You've been listening to another episode of Free on the Inside Ministry. It ministry to inform you, encourage you, and challenge you to be all you can be. Be safe until we meet again in the name of Jesus. Amen.